three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff. This is Nuclear Knowledge. Production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Nuclear Knowledge, a weekly show of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, where we are advancing peace, promoting stability, and helping you to think deterrence. The views of the host are his own. I'm your host, Jim Petrosky. I'm certain that if you read or hear the news recently, you came across the phrase, follow the science. Well, today's show is about science, or more specifically, the scientific method. It's my conjecture that even though many people talk about science and following it, they may not have given any thought to what that really means. The science and the scientific method can be very complex subject, as philosophers such as Plato and Aristotle had studied it And the Latin texts written about it were so difficult to understand that we simply stopped using Latin. At least that's my understanding. So even though this can be a complicated subject, I hope to give you some insight into the scientific method using the limited time I have. Additionally, you may be asking why I bring this topic to nuclear knowledge instead of talking about the nuclear effects, radiation detection, proliferation, deterrence, or even Daisy the Cat, as I have in the past, to which I answer that many of those topics, except maybe that of Daisy, are a result of the use of the scientific method to arrive at conclusions that are the basis of our knowledge of nuclear weapons and affect the way in which they are used daily as a deterrent. So as with most of my podcasts, I start with definitions. Science is the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation, experimentation, and the testing of theories against the evidence obtained. Note here that the science is not a moniker for correct or absolute, and it has no godlike implications, although I have at times felt godlike when making a new scientific discovery. Instead, it is a systematic study And that study follows a rigorous process referred to as the scientific method. The scientific method is a means for acquiring knowledge using verifiable observation or experience. First thing here is the goal, to acquire knowledge. Inferred here is that some part of or all the needed knowledge is not there and that it must be obtained. This may seem like a simple concept, but often people mix knowledge with belief, truth, or theory. But these are not the same. This point was made in the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusaders movie, yes, an important scientifically accurate production, where Harrison Ford said, archaeology is the search for fact, not truth. If it's truth you're interested in, Dr. Tyree's philosophy class is right down the hall. You get the point. An example of the search for knowledge relevant to this nuclear podcast was early in the Manhattan Project. There were theories by the world's best scientists that a critical mass could be established and produce a large amount of energy from a small amount of matter, but it was not yet proven, which leads to the second part of the definition of scientific method, 
using verifiable observation and experience. Verifiable includes those studies that can be replicated and can obtain the same or similar results when using the same methods. Observation and experience ensure that the results are not inferred by a lack of information. This is more aptly stated as empirical evidence. In the Manhattan Project, experimentalists configured an assembly of materials based upon the theories and measured outputs to verify the results. The instruments for measuring temperature and neutron interactions were acceptable to the scientific community as proof and allowed the scientists to compare results to the theories. In this way, new knowledge was obtained and the nuclear era began. With these definitions in hand, let's break down the method. To be clear, there is no approved or unique scientific method. A scientific study takes on a variety of approaches depending on the discipline, the available information, and the ability for reasoning. However, scientific study has common themes that originate from the 17th century with key components of observation and a logical system for reasoning. Often this logic system involves comparison to other results, comparison to computer models, or comparison to theoretical models. These provide the framework for what are common steps. Although I will state them numerically, the steps do not always happen in order, and based upon what is found, the experimentalist may step back and reset a previous step. So here's the scientific method. Step one, ask a question. As provided the definition of science and the scientific method, there must be a question to be asked. It's often based upon an observation of an output, concern, or need that is to be answered. After all, if you know the answer and you're convinced of it, and others are too, then there may not be anything to go further with. Step two, conduct background research. This is important to know what is generally known about a subject and to help refine experimental methods and reduce gathering information that is generally known. Not every experiment needs to start with in the beginning and recreate all the scientific discovery to that point. Step three, form a hypothesis. A hypothesis is an educated guess as to what the results may be. It certainly is not the answer, nor is it the objective. Rather, it is a question that can be clearly observed, evaluated, and more importantly, can be valuable if proven or not proven. In short, if a hypothesis cannot be proven wrong, it is not a suitable hypothesis. Step four, test a hypothesis with an experiment. To me, this is the fun part and often where people want to start. A word of caution, however, every experiment has limitations. Those limitations must be acknowledged before you begin. Limitations include time available, accuracy of equipment, and precision in the measurements. In short, it is doubtful you will know everything, although I tried to convince my students that I did when I was teaching, and the test should be repeatable and accomplished multiple times under the same conditions. By the way, this was a problem with nuclear weapon tests in that some of them were only one time. Step five, evaluate the value of the results. This step is often overlooked. This is not an assessment of what the data mean, but rather are the data of good quality regarding precision and the values for the background noise, etc. If not, step four may need to be repeated with different equipment or different methods. Step five, analyze data 
and make conclusions. This is the hardest part as it requires a way to extract the valuable information and provide proof that leads to a conclusion. What makes this hardest is that it should be done with extreme skepticism so that the analysis is not biased to provide a desired result. This leads to the concept of scientific integrity. Step seven, test the results against a hypothesis. From step six, there's a conclusion. The question is, does it prove or disprove the hypothesis? If all was done well in the process, either result, proving or disproving, should be supported and valuable. And lastly, step eight, communicate the results. And this is too often overlooked as well. Communicating the results adds value to the scientific endeavor. More importantly, it provides a platform for others to evaluate the work through peer review and provide feedback, again, ensuring scientific integrity in the results. So you may ask again, why discuss this on nuclear knowledge? Well, I'll again state much of the research related to nuclear weapon development, employment, and deterrence concepts are based upon scientific studies. For example, nuclear effects, system survivability, and adversary capabilities and responses are all things that we must know and make decisions upon. Thus, these studies must be accomplished with the utmost rigor to ensure we get it right and so that decisions made are based on sound information. The scientific method was designed to do just that, and since we do that, our adversaries know that we are confident in our actions. And if you don't believe me, well then, just follow the science. Lastly, I want to highlight that at NIDS, we are constantly working to establish ways in which to support research and studies. We are developing ways to facilitate research through establishing research centers and launching a publication site for deterrence-minded people like you. Stay tuned over the next few weeks to find out more about how you can become involved in these activities. Thank you for listening to today's Nuclear Knowledge Show. I hope you learned something new and valuable about deterrence. Nuclear Knowledge is a production of NIDS, a 501c3 organization dependent upon donations to provide this podcast. Every donation helps keep this and many other deterrence-related activities happening and helps to bring about awareness of the peacekeeping value of U.S. strength and our national deterrent. This podcast is produced weekly and each episode is released on Monday. If you enjoy this show, check out our other podcast, The Nuclear View. You can catch it and all our podcasts at thinkdeterrence.com. I thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington, our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative nuclear knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies.